So many times, a lot of youngsters have incomplete questions which cannot be answered. Like I always say in my training that if you want the right answer, then please ask the right question. All it takes a person is to spend a little bit of his data on research rather than watching what he watches at whenever he watches. I ask a lot of youngsters this question, why do you want to do stand-up comedy? First of all, do you want to do stand-up comedy because you're funny, you have a funny bone or you just want a picture with a mic in your hand and you want to impress some girls and get a girlfriend at Canvas Laugh Club or whatever in the background. If you want to run after money, um, I said, run after comedy as a profession, make it your passion, money will follow you. Whatever it is, it's there, then there's no retake to it. You get on stage, there are people, 100 people sitting, it's your time. Dad, start, camera rolling, action. Hey everybody, what's good? Welcome back to the Next Move podcast. And if this is your first time on the show, I am Arman Kendri and it is my job to interview some cool ass people and ask them how the hell they got so successful. And the goal of the podcast is to be the most action-packed and takeaway-driven podcast out there. There is no fluff here. And today I had the chance to speak with Manish Tiagi. And if you don't know him by that name, you may know him by his stage name as the Naughty Commander. Manish is a stand-up comedian, but before that he was in the Navy. And he was a Navy commander. And at 47, when he retired from the Navy, he decided, well, you know, I I actually like this comedy thing. I'm going to give it a shot. And he dove deep into the world of comedy and has now become one of the biggest names in the comedy scene here in India. What what excuse do we have again for not pursuing what we want to do? Manish is the perfect example of it's never too late to get going on what you really love. And in this really, really action-packed podcast, we dive deep into a few things. We first talk about how do you become a comedian? And his answer to sum up very quickly is just get up and get going. And I think you're gonna love this section of the podcast because we dove deep into how he went from absolutely nobody in the comedy scene to being one of the best known comedians in India. How did he plan which open mics he wanted to attend? How did he grow his social media platforms and YouTube channels so damn fast? There's so much from this that I'm gonna apply to my podcast process and you can apply it to any field you're looking to get into. And last but not least, we talked about Manisha's creative process. How the hell does he come up with so many damn jokes? What routines, what habits, what strategies does he use for this? So if you're looking to become a stand-up comedian or are looking to pivot into a new field, then this podcast is for you and it's full of takeaways. So I highly recommend you take notes, get out your notebook and get going. I think you're going to love it. Without further ado, Manish Tiagi, everybody. Hey, Manish, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, you, thank you very much for getting me on your show. So, Of course. And uh, so I want to start at a relatively weird or, or different place. Um, I was listening to a Josh talk that you did. And, and excuse, my, my Hindi is awful and you spoke in Hindi. So correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, <laughs> There'll be other people who will correct you online. So I'm all right. <laughs> I don't worry about it. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> But you, you were talking about how when you left the Navy, you, you got a pension and, and that removed any tension. And I, I really liked that line. And the reason why I really picked up on that is because I think a lot of us look at, at we always have to have a safety net or we, we think we don't have anything to fall back on. And uh, so we don't pursue anything. Can you start at how did like the pension play a role in in you pursuing what you wanted to do and and did it at all? No, it had nothing to do with what it's really nothing to do with. See, most of the guys who are, I'll turn 54 next 
week or something like that. So most of the guys my age, if you meet your, you know, your, your relatives also, they're all financially settled. They've worked for 25, 30 years and they've all, even if they don't have a pension, they have a good financial, you know, kind of a portfolio to, a, you know, that way. So when I quit the Navy in 2012, I did work for three years. I was working, I was business head India for the marine segment of a company called Cummins India Limited and with the channel partners in Good Gown. So I worked with them for three years. And parallelly, I was pursuing my passion for corporate training because I thought that there's so much happened, which has happened in my life. So I should be able to go back and, you know, probably express, share, give it back to the society in some way or the other. So I was pursuing both these things together. And stand-up comedy happened, yeah, one of how, my friends. How did it happen? Like, because in the you don't really associate the Navy with stand-up comedy. With, with humor, might. with humor. Yeah. You, yeah, so there's humor in uniform, right? All the time, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we so, have a very light atmosphere in places where life gets tough, so. Yeah, I, so, I bet. So how, how did it, how, how did it come into your head that, you know what, I'm going to try stand-up comedy? So, you know, uh, when I was in college and I was doing engineering, I was the cultural secretary, you know, cultural secretary towards the end. And I was on stage right from the first year I did visit a couple of colleges for inter-college youth festival. And even then, um, that was the era of mimicry largely, you know, because, and I could, I could mimic a few film stars. And then eventually I realized when I went on stage, I would do a lot of impromptu stuff. Then, way back in 84, 85, 86. So it was there in me somewhere. And uh, when we joined the Navy, of course, we got into a, you know, routine work and training and everything else. But then, you know, if you have a funny bone, you have a funny bone. You will continue to uh, do that when you're with your friends. You'll tell jokes, you'll remember jokes, you know, and uh, all that happened. And it just continued like that. And so whenever I had an opportunity, wherever I was, I would, if I would get a chance, I would get hold of the mic. I would crack jokes. I would, you know, MC an evening. I would be the local DJ, everything, you know, all rolled in one. That's how it works. Uh, so it just went on and on and on. And of course your friends were there. So um, sometime in 2012, I could, 2014, somewhere in, 13 end or 14 early one of my friends from Mumbai he called me he said yeah there is he sent me a newspaper cutting he said there's a comedy store in Mumbai and uh, there's something called a stand-up comedy he said why don't you do it I said what do you mean I mean I, he says no 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 you're a funny guy you in amongst people you just kind of you know one-liners whatever so then I started the hunt for a venue in Delhi which eventually uh, there was an international Melbourne International Comedy Festival happening in sometime in February 14. Oh, when did I start? 14. Yeah, some some 15. I don't know, some somewhere there. And uh, 14, yeah. So I went there and I saw these guys perform. And I met the guy who was organizing, who was the, you know, who was the host of the evening and who was the Raghav Mandava, who was one of those finest comics who was managing rooms then in Delhi. Spoke to him. I said, I also want to do it. He said, no, no, you just can't come and do it like that. You have to register, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay. So he said, it was very nice. So he said, whenever my venue. So I started following him on Facebook. And the first opportunity I saw something, I applied. And yeah, I got my first open mic in, I think, August 14. And when I performed there, there was there were other guys, like there was a guy called Manik Mana who used to run many rooms. His dad was a, is a brigadier. He said, sir, aap mere venue And then that's how one thing after the other followed and yeah i realized so so the show went well yeah because look i had no clue what stand-up comedies okay i had not watched really anybody online or followed comics i just used to tell jokes so i went on stage and did something and and as an honest confession and i told these guys also i said i had no idea somebody said oh you have to write your own stuff and i'm like what really i have no idea i mean i don't know and they were like, no, 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 you can't do jokes from WhatsApp, yeah, whoop. I said, I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay, I'm a corporate trainer. I can speak. I have no idea. So it took a while to get in sync with it. And at one point, I told myself a few months down the line, I said, um, all I need to do is probably start narrating my stories, you know, with, with whatever humor to it. And then the whole transition happened, yes. 
Nice. And, and uh, sorry to get a bit specific here, but how long was that first open mic for? Three minutes. And how, how difficult is it to write for three minutes? Because I know it seems short, you know, from the outside, but keeping people laughing for three minutes, I bet it's difficult as hell. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so, so, yeah. So there were times when I started, you know, so you, it's like this, you know, when you start at 47 and you are with people who are half your age, as it is commander sahab and you know there is some you know, there will be some distance and there will be i think there will be some gap in terms of you know hanging out and all this stuff so i like i kya karna hai? then i said okay people write let me also write so i started writing and then i realized no this is not my cup of tea i can't really write in the sense write write and it's only like i said when i you know when i kept going back and when i start writing i would bomb and you know big time and i would go back and get home at middle of the night and say why the you know, if am I doing it also because pension hai to tension nahi wali baat. And they said, karna hai, maja hai. And then I, like I said, I went back into, like I said, okay, I, I just, I was best at probably observational comedy, my experiences in life. And somebody told me after a few months, he said, no, no, no. You, and I saw somebody with a chit in their hand on an open mic. I said, no, you, how can you, you know, he said, no, it's okay. It's an open mic. You can take your chit, your paper, people write here you know, whatever helps them prompt. So I started putting bullet points on small, you know, stick notes. And I started taking them in stage so that I don't forget my thread. And these were purely observation. So that's how the whole thing started building up for me. And, you know, at one point, then obviously I gave up those chits also. Got it. And can you, can you describe what, um, in op- for someone who's never been to an open mic, what, what does one actually look like? What is the experience like? How many people are in the crowd? Um, what, do you, what do you get it up to? We've done open mics with 100 people and we've done open mics with one. So <laughs> 15 comics, one audience. So yeah, it depends, man. You know, um, places, uh, venues, location, days, hour. So it's, it's multiple, you know, it's a very complex thing. It's like a difficult to predict, like a matrix you find hard to, you know, you, you can't predict how many people turn up on a particular day in an open mic. So we've done that also, like 100 to 1, you know, whatever. So whatever, anybody who's going for the first time, if you've not, people don't know stand-up comedy, some people, you could be in for a shock because there are, you know, there is content which could completely blow you out of the mind and, you know, shatter you and say, oh my God, people come on stage and abuse and then people say this. And uh, there is dark comedy and there is now religious comedy, which is offending everybody. And there is this and there's that. So there are people who come and they're like, oh my God, they've seen TV. Like they've seen Raju Shivastav or Kapil Sharma. And they're like, haan, ye kuch hoga. So we're like, we go and say, nahi, nahi, either koi ke ga nahi, but yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? So do you, do you ever feel nervous like on stage? Not, not about uh, the joke that you're about to tell, but it's, it's interesting because like you're saying, there's a lot of PC culture now. So do you ever feel like, oh, I can't actually say this, but I want to say it and it could be a great punchline. But if I say that, you know, social media might crush me. So how do you navigate that? So I, I look at it this way and I was sharing this with somebody, you know, I share this with like with fellow comics also. I said, look, in India, first of all, the audience is not, not really, they don't know what stand-up comedy is. Okay. It's a, it's a new thing. It's, even if it's five years old or six years old in terms of really, really picking up, it's still not there as it is in US for the last 20, 30, 40 years. Okay. And, and I still remember if you see that Amazon, the Mrs. Maisel, uh, I think that's the, that's the uh, web series, which is about stand-up comedy. And she does comedy on stage about her parents' sex life. And like I mean, 30 years back and they're in shock. The father goes in, you know, he gets into a shock that you're talking about your father and mother having blah, blah, blah. So that's what the whole thing is. So in India also, the audiences, you know, there are some audience who are now kind of, you know, they know what stand-up is. They know what they're expecting, looking for. But there's still a lot of people who come who have no idea. There are a lot of first-timers. Okay. So now what happens in that case, uh, I look at it this way, that people have bought tickets to come to watch me. Let's say I'd speak about my person specific to watch me for what they've seen on YouTube. That's how they, most of the people follow you, right? They come, they've seen you doing something and they come in. Now my job is to entertain them for that one hour, 30 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever it is. Now in that one hour, 15 minutes, why should I offend people? Either if I have to do that, then I think I should become an activist. 
That's my thought process. But a lot of other guys think differently. So I look at it this way. They've come to listen to jokes. They've come to get roasted. They've come to, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Just do it and have a nice one hour, 15 minutes, one hour, 30 minutes. Just People should go laughing out of the, you know, whatever, body or the venue. Right. That, that makes sense. And I want to ask, taking a step back, actually, if you were talking to, since you're saying it's such a, it's still such a new thing in India, if you were talking to someone who's an aspiring comic, but has no idea where to even get started, how do you even go about looking for open mics, planning how many nights a week that you're going to, you know, start telling your jokes? What do you tell someone who's just getting into it? Yeah, so I get these queries all the time, you know, because a lot of people write to me and say, sir, I want to start, I'm good, I don't know what to do, where to go. Like somebody asked me the other day, he said, sir, where should I start? I said, wherever you live. So I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, whichever city you live in, you start there. So how do I know where you live? So many times, a lot of youngsters have incomplete questions, which cannot be answered. Like I always say in my training that if you want the right answer, then please ask the right question. All right. Otherwise, you don't get the right answer. So for anybody, whenever there have been guys who say, sir, I want to start stand up. My thing is, please start attending open mics in your city. Now, the, the forget the pandemic. Otherwise, cities like Delhi, Mumbai, Bangalore, Pune, um, Hyderabad, some other cities, they have multiple open mics happening. Now, all it takes a person is to spend a little bit of his data on research rather than watching what he watches at whenever he watches. Um, you know, so I think, I think there's a little bit of research to be done by people, which I did when I started out. Okay, so my story was when I started out, whenever I used to visit a city, I would Google up for stand-up comedy in that city, find out that guy, whosoever is, you know, whether it was Bangalore or Bombay or whatever it is, write to them because people had numbers online or call up or say that, look, I'm visiting, I would like, you know, to attend a three-minute open mic. Or even because most of these open mics then also were registered online book my show, insider, whatever it is. So I think it's very easy for a aspiring stand-up comic to first find out where it's happening. I always tell them, go attend as an audience, see for yourself. There, go and speak to the organizer, tell him that you are an aspiring stand-up comic and you would like to do stand-up comedy and request him for a spot. He, I'm sure that's how everybody's, that's why I am also here and everybody is. You get a spot, you will find there are many, it's like going to school for the first day. When you enter class, you enter college, you start looking for people who are like first year. You know how it is. You're trying to make your own friends. So when you go there first time, you realize there are many guys like you who are first timers. Make your gang or like connect with them, exchange numbers, talk to them and ask them, like, suppose if I go for the first time, I will speak to somebody who's done like 10, 20 open mics and say, who's the guy whom do i follow on facebook where do i find out so all this information comes from people who are doing it it doesn't come from people like unfortunately i don't do open mic so i don't get into that research mode anymore and i, I have no idea so when people say Sir, main kaha jau, i say i have no idea because i'm not doing it anymore you need to do your own research so they need to go to an open mic as an audience connect with other people discuss with them find out make your own network whatsapp group blah 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 find out and then start. And if you are good, now let me put it again. You ask me how many times a week, if you're good, people will start giving you spots without asking questions. But if you're not good, uh, like if I'm a producer and I've given, like I used to host a lot of open mics and there were guys like, so the moment we put out that uh, event, I would get like 50 messages or mails in like one hour and we could give spots to only 15 people. All right. So I know that my, my, my strategy was give it to like five brand new guys, give it to five mid-level guys and five guys who have been doing for a while. You need to balance out the show, right? And you have to give opportunity to youngsters also. So that's why it happened with me. It was like that. But if for somebody was, you know, you're giving him an opportunity or her, like, and consistently that person is not, you know, it's completely not doing well. It's not just about not doing well. It's, see, there's one thing you bomb. Everybody bombs. We have also bombed. But if the content is exceptionally offensive, even I feel, Kya yaar, kar rahe? so then I'm like, you know, I will speak to that person and say, yeah, change kar lo thoda sa, otherwise, you know, like the audience gets offended or whatever. And then, you, then if you're good, like I said, you have those, I would have that five, five, five. So you will move from a brand new open micer to somebody who's middle management. And then if you're doing well, then you 
automatically move in the top five. So it's like that, you know, it's your hard work and if everything else put together then. Can I ask you, what is good? What does that mean in, in stand-up comedy? Good is the, uh, so yeah, again, a lot of youngsters send me their videos and say, sir, please validate it. I said, I'm nobody to validate your work because you can validate my work too and say, no, this was fuck all. But I'm nobody to validate anybody's work, right? So I say my my judge, my perception of how good you are is how the audience responded to it. So if there are 10 people and they have laughed and clapped at your jokes, then obviously you're good. So stand-up comedy is, that's what the whole challenge about stand-up comedy is. Whatever is it, whatever it is, it's there, then there's no retake to it. You get on stage, there are people, 100 people sitting, it's your time. Yeah. Start, camera rolling, action, whatever it is. That's, you know, just you saying that uh, my, my heart is racing a bit because I'm visualizing myself there. And can you talk about an experience of, of bombing? Like, what are you thinking about in that moment? Because when you're having to push through, how, what is it like? What does your body feel like? So my worst show, my, the place where I bombed the, that was the rock bottom for me. And that got me really thinking, like I said, about the content and everything else. Uh, so when I was working, I used to travel from a place called Ghazibad where I lived to Gurgaon. So that day I had a, I left, I used to leave home at 7 in the morning. I left at 7, went to work, worked all day, 6 p.m. I left, got to the venue at 7.30. And then open mic was at 9 and I was dead tired. I was dead tired, okay, because the whole day driving up and down. So I had a couple of drinks. I said, okay, this should help, you know, loosen up. And, uh, and this venue was packed to the, packed as in packed with youngsters, packed with youngsters, students um, from wherever. They, they just look like students. They were all literally sitting on the floor and to like 50, 60. And I started and I completely, the first line I lost it. Okay, and then I was like, okay, I start. Okay, there was a couple sitting. I say, okay, yeah, you guys are married. Let's talk about it. And so, what's up? How many years? And then I'm like, okay, yeah, you look like smiling. You look like a whatever, Manlu and all. Ha ha. And then completely blanked out in the sense I didn't know what to do. So, I just, after two minutes or so, two and a half minutes, I myself, I said, look, I'm sorry. I'm just not sorry. It's not happening today. I think that's a very graceful way of getting off stage instead of probably struggling, trying. So that I went back. So that's what happened with me. But I, for me per se, I don't have stage fear. I can keep going on. But then that was, you know, that was one of those days. So that's happens. But I have seen a lot of people coming on stage. They get so they, you know, the please welcome on stage, blah, blah, blah. He's a new open mic. He's a new comic. Cheer. People clap. Blah, 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 blah. He gets on stage and he like, Okay, then you know he's hogya, and then he's struggling, and then you can make out that, yeah, you know hogya. So I tell Since, these guys, I'm oh, sorry. No, 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 please go ahead. Please no, no, go same ahead. thing. I tell these guys. I said, look, if you get five minutes stage time, you could actually leave and make an impact in three, and get off with people clapping and cheering for you rather than doing full five and bombing, and you know, just screwing up in the end. It feels like it's that it's that first line, especially as a new person, if you don't get off on the right tone, like you said, you probably are filled with doubt because it's such a yeah, new experience. Yeah, absolutely. Also, what happens is a lot of, see all of us, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot, I mean, most of the guys today have watched so much of, you know, stand-up comedy in person or on YouTube that they see uh, how guys are handling the whole show. But the point is, what is important to understand, which I tell them, is A, is that you need to make your own mark and you have to have your own voice out there. You can't copy somebody, ape somebody's style and think you'll get away with it, okay? And, and if there is, let's say I give an opportunity to somebody to perform in my show and they, there are opening acts and all that. People have paid money to come and see me. You are getting those seven, eight minutes on stage, like considering if you've been doing it for a while. It's your time, but don't try to do what I do because they're not going to accept it. So it happened in one of the online shows. The guy was very good. It's a different story. He was, he's very good. But then there was one guy sitting and after about 10 minutes, so open online, what happens is people are coming in. So we give, I give them 12 minutes to 15. I said, just, you know, just settle down. People are settling down. 
I said, Karo, yeah, okay. So this guy, suddenly one guy got very offended. He said, where is Manish Tyagi and all? He says, kya ho gaya, sir? He said, I'm the host. He said, no, 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 no. I, yeah, he said, I mean, his line was, we paid money to watch Sunny Leone and now Rakhi Savant is come. And I'm like, wow, what perception. So he got very offended. He said, so he said, sir, I'm the opening act. And also I normally my camera is off. So I switched on. I said, don't worry, sir. Opening act, host, but how will he learn if you don't give him an opportunity? So I tell these thing, this thing to most of the guys is that although you've watched a lot of videos and other people, but you need to create your own style, own stuff. Like some of the shows which I've done and I tell the opening acts that don't get into hosting. I have hosted a lot of shows. I love hosting shows. Okay. I completely love. I'm like, I feel that, you know, it's a new, new ball opening batsman ball is swinging. You don't know how the pitch is going to behave. I love to get there. That keeps, gets my adrenaline rushing. But it's not everybody's cup of tea. And opening batting is not everybody's cup of tea. So despite telling these guys what happens is this has happened in a show. Like somebody walks up on the stage, hello, hello, how are you? Ha, sir, you are sitting alone. What is your story? Are you single, bachelor, married? Ye wo? And you, you know, the whole audience goes completely in a back foot then and there. As in, kya ho hai you know, you need to, so after all, settle down, tell about, talk about yourself. First thing is self-deprecation. The most important part of stand-up comedy is you self-deprecate. People laugh at you, then you can laugh at them. You can't just go and, you know, start uh, trying to roast people. They're not going to like it. So it's happened. It happens in shows. People say, yeah, please carry on. Yeah, just chod on apna joke karo. Why are you talking to us? Nay, nay, sir, we'll talk to you. He says, we don't want to talk to you. Now the host is, open micer has got into that position where he doesn't want to know it like that, you know, tussle that I have to win this one. And there's no winning from there. Just give up and move on. So yeah, like that. Got it. And I want to put a pin on, on being yourself because that's something I really want to dive deep into. But before I go there, I want to ask, after a bomb, um, what does the next day look like? Is it beating yourself up? Is it reflecting? How, how do you get past a bombing experience? So we, like I said, we, uh, you know, when whenever, yeah, you can bomb anytime, right? And some sets don't work. So that's where your your co-group comes into play. So if you made friends, you come home and you beat yourself up and you sleep somehow. Next morning you speak to them. And then, you know, they will have their own, as friends, they will have an input. You're not as comics, comics, but as a friend, they will give an input. You know, some things here and there. So that's how it kind of works. So now it has come to a point where, you know, you come back and you say, yeah, okay, it happens. And then you just rework on the uh, punchline or you just drop it completely. And you just, you know, because now after being, you know, like I've done about 300 plus solo shows. So now there's so much content that you just kind of dump something away and you think about it that, you know, it's okay like that. But ideally the best way is to, yeah, like you said, introspect and think and fine tune that punchline. And if it's not falling, just chordo like that wow so that that makes a lot of sense and i want to get into testing content later as well but finding your voice i think this is um probably i, I don't know not even just in comedy but just in life right like yeah, I think we're we're recreating what we see online how do you kind of find that voice how did you find your voice like i said i was very i was on stage right from the time i was you know 18 19 so i had mm -hmm. my own style and uh so there's one reason people ask me who's your, you know, whom do you watch online and who's the comic which you watch specials. There's so many specials these days and there's so much content on YouTube. I choose, you know, till, till about the pandemic started. And even now I don't, for a very brief period, I would watch some people from the West. Uh, I have seen most of these guys online live in front of me, like starting from Zakir or Abhishek, anybody, you name it, but everybody, I know I've seen them, we've shared stage in open mics or otherwise. So I know how they perform. Um, so that's, it was always there that, you know, like when you see them, so I keep telling people that if you keep constantly watching somebody or comedy all the time as a stand-up comic, because it's your profession, uh, I think it's going to influence your style somewhere because, you know, you're going to, you know, it, it's there in the subconscious now. And suppose you're bombing somewhere, you'll suddenly realize, Are ye line usne bola tha, to main bhi bol deta and then you realize that somebody standing there or who's watching says, dude, this joke has been done by somebody before, so don't do it. You know, then there is this plagiarism and all that stuff. 
so that's that's important that you have to everybody has to create their own you know aura on stage and it's not just voice voice i think i say you know i i personally feel i may be wrong but people who come to watch you come and watch come to watch a personality actually when you start doing it you are what you are and people come to see you there your personality and your voice then so do you do you recommend that see there is that fine balance i feel i mean at least from the outside between studying and finding yourself but i feel you're right if you over consume content it will become you because that's what you're associating with how do you find that balance between studying and watching content i don't watch that's why i don't watch <laughs> i don't you don't watch i observe i look at people around me there's so much of content out there in the open people every day so like it's like saying that you know sir where do you get content from i said from you people <laughs> i don't have to look anywhere and there are people who are sending me sir ye joke use kar lena i said yeah right i said this was the joke i told in college in 30 years back so thank you so you observe people and from there it's rather than observing watching the online content i think it's trying to hone a skill of observing people and finding humor out of it and like i said again then self deprecation is the first thing it starts from you your home your parents your family and if you're able to create jokes about around them and about them then i think you will be able to start you know doing it about other people too got it and and do you um on to writing jokes do you is there any process how do you get into a creative zone is it you know or is it when you're exercising walking or do you sit down and say you know this time i'm going to be thinking or is it just all the time the brain is on it's it's on it's, it's it has to be like i i heard somebody say this in one of my one of the tedx talks also because i've done so many of them right so tedx talks is something which i watch sometimes and about the people who spoken about comedy and humor and their perspective and their thought process about what why people laugh and what tickles the funny bone is it's interesting to listen to them because it gives you an insight of the whole you know the other part of the you know telling one person is telling a joke other person how is being perceived so uh, it helps that way because you know you uh, like you're coming back there was a question sorry what was the question I, this is my style of show then i suddenly blank out and i was like yeah boy the last minute no no problem i, I i'm just, i'm the exact same way <laughs> what was the question sorry the the question was um, about writing and thinking any time yes yes when does it's it a habit to? it's a habit so it has to be a habit it has to happen 24/7 it has to happen 24/7 so off late what happens is like i've been writing a lot of stuff online so my writing happens online i put my post my jokes on facebook linkedin twitter wherever i put it i put it everywhere and from there itself you know i realize that if the depending and there is a thing to it which i can take off so it's like you know you realize that the reaction from the people itself tells that it's funny they found it funny so they're going to find it funny on stage also and the way you tell it from your perspective but then there has been a lot of trolling which has happened of late because of multiple things you know what's happening in india and you know you write something which has suddenly become very very controversial for them and then you're trolled and then it disturbs you and then you get up in the morning and then you start you just kind of wash it off and start again fresh with some joke at home and start looking at your maid and your mom not like that as in from the ha joke nikalna joke perspective ki mummy kya kar rahi hai mummy kya kar rahi hai you know and then you start go out you meet people so yeah Wow, that, that's that's very cool. And I, I, you know, I found when I moved to India, um, my my perspective was at first when I came as a kid, I used to get like soup, you know, typical NRI kid, come back, and I'd be like, oh, this is so annoying, this is so dirty, whatever it is. But now when I, you know, I come in and I just little things like at the airport, I've noticed now people don't bump into you in lines anymore, right? Nobody's touching you, and no, they're touching stuff. you. No, oh, they're still touching you. Where are you? Which when did you fly last? I went to I went uh, from Coimbatore to Bangalore about 2 weeks ago and I was like I was happy wow nobody is is rubbing up against my ass no, anymore you no idea it's just yeah so I have a whole set on flights and my experience because um you know I that's what that's observation right so I've been flying I did last 2 weeks 3 weeks we've been like first show which I did was after the you know like 25th December I went to Lucknow then I went to Chandigarh then i came back then i went back to chandigarh then i went to jaipur oh my god people are crazy on flights man nobody cares nobody gives a damn people i mean i put it people are sitting without their masks you know yeah. like sir i said chal kya raha hai sab na nahi nahi corona chhu ke nikal gaya or something like you know hamara to antibodies ban gaya i said dude please yaar and i told the 
So I did tweet also about Indigo at one point that, you know, people were not, then they customer service, you know, typical response. You should have told the air hostess. I said, yeah, like, yeah, people should start making my videos. I said, one comic is not enough for Indigo or what? Like you want <laughs> <laughs> I said, why do you want me also to get viral from? So people are crazy. Are you telling? So you know how it is. The middle seat guy has to wear a PP kit and all. And, and people are not, people not even bothered. They're like carrying it. Like you carry your blanket to sleep. Why do I sleep tonight? Like, at least wear it, damn it. Uh, I I've don't, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying that Indigo. I like I said, like, you know, the air hostess can see your sir seat thoda aage, ye thoda upar. I say ye nahi dikh tumko. You can't see this shit. Ye can you see? <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. So I, I paid a little bit extra because I was like, I'm gonna sit in the front row, right? Ah. And every I so I got on the plane first, and every single person who gets on, Namaste, sir, please put on your mask. Namaste, sir. Please wear your PPE yeah. kit. It's too um, funny. Yeah, and they're supposed to. You're supposed to put it on from the time mm-hmm. you board that damn bus where you put, you know, stack like cattle. Yeah, at the <laughs> airport. At the airport, they're saying one seat cross, sir. Social distancing. Then they <laughs> push you in a bus where everybody's like rubbing. What? <laughs> no use. The buses, yeah, they need to get more buses on there. Yeah. And you haven't done a train journey, so you have no idea. I did, I did, came back by train from Chandigarh and people like, there's a guy who sits next to me, comes and takes off his mask. And I'm like, sir, you're supposed to wear the mask. He said, no, 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 I'm daily passenger. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Daily passenger, <laughs> and, then he, and then there's this advice people give. He says, I'll tell you one thing. I said, sir, this is the carbon dioxide full time. It's carbon dioxide. <laughs> I said, where did you get this from? He said, WhatsApp. I said, okay. Namaste. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. it, so this honestly, is, these, are, these are observations which you can just go and do on stage and mm-hmm. build on it. You know, polish it here and there. One, you do it a few times. It, you need to get used to it. Like, you know, saying it in a rhythm and, you know, tuck, 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 tuck. So, yeah, this is funny. Yeah. And, and I think for me, like just thinking of it like that has been a perspective shift of, you know, stop getting pissed off. Like this is a moment of funny, like in, enjoy <laughs> it. You know, this is what I love about our country now. Yeah. And uh, so when these ideas come to you, do you immediately write them onto your phone or a notebook? How do you do it? Facebook. <laughs> just put it as a post. Yeah. that I, I actually love that because that's like you said, it's testing out your comedy exactly. to see what Absolutely. works. Then and there. Well, so um, I want to move past writing. Uh, I, I just want to ask one thing there. Do you, do you have any sort of formal process or it's, it's just entirely, entirely in the moment? No, it's entirely in the moment. I can never sit down and think and start saying I have to write jokes today. Never. Oh, no. No, oh, no. I can't. So, so I, I, I want to come to, to this point and, and we'll go into some cl- conclusion questions here. I want to ask um, if someone was to come to you today, regardless of what stage they're in, right? And you can also look at this question as looking back to when you started, what would you exactly tell someone in terms of looking at it from the long haul, right? Because you, we can do it as a short term thing and you can maybe get some laughs, but how do you look at comedy in that perspective? Do you look at it as a 10 year journey or should you think I'll start now, if I'm not good, I'll, I'll give up and move on to something else. Okay, so I asked this question again. I ask a lot of youngsters this question. Why do you want to do stand-up comedy? First of all, do you want to do stand-up comedy because you're funny, you have a funny bone or you just want a picture with a mic in your hand and you want to impress some girls and get a girlfriend at a canvas laugh club or whatever in the background. First thing, important. You know, it's like, it's like that, it's like this, Picture which is going doing rounds on Twitter about ICC posting about one Pakistani batsman who's put his DP as with his back like this or something. And then the ICC has put the full picture saying that his middle stump has been rooted off. So he's put just that with the bat and the ICC said, okay, true picture is this. So what I meant to, yeah. So <laughs> and they've come back to us big time, like look, 36 all out and all that, which is fun. But the point is like a guy standing with a picture on, with a mic, is does not necessarily mean that he did well or he does well, but you know, it can create an impression. 
I know guys on Tinder with those pictures of some of the ladies have told me that, oh, I met a stand-up comic. I said, what's his name? Uh, I said, what? <laughs> Google, Instagram, five followers. I said, okay, cool. It's okay. Everybody starts somewhere. That's do, you think, do you think that's what a lot of people do? Do you see it as a generation thing in the no, millennials? Any generation. No, any generation. Men mm-hmm. will be men. <laughs> <laughs> do anything to... <laughs> yeah, if a guy is divorced in 45 and 50 and he wants... Some attention, then you know this works. I think stand up could work. <laughs> so advice for forty-five year old men. <laughs> yeah. So what I was telling is that. So that's one question I ask people: Why do you want to do it? Then the next question is: Do you want to do it because people have told you you're funny, or you think you're funny? Then the next question is: Do you want to do it as a hobby, or do you want to do it as a passion and a profession? If you want to do it as a hobby, no, I just want to try once. Then try and thank you. Chodo. Don't waste your time. I know it's a, it's a lot of investment of time and energy and space. And then again, you would probably be, it's like, I do I want to do engineering, but I don't want to pursue engineering. Then why did you do it? You just, you know, ate one seat. Somebody deserved it. It's like getting a spot in open mic used to be like, we used to struggle for, you know, it, it's a struggle still. I still remember in Bangalore before the pandemic, when I was traveling, guys used to tell me that uh, in Bangalore, there's a different system uh, for open mic. They leave a register at the venue. So guys would go at 12 in the afternoon to write the name there so that they can get a spot in the evening. Otherwise, by the time if you go in the evening, it's already done fully. So that's how. And Delhi would be email business like you email and tuck, tuck, tuck in 15 minutes, it's all closed. That's how. So uh, hobby or passion. So if it's passion, convert it into profession. Now what happens is also you got to understand there are, there are some guys who are phenomenal content writers, phenomenal joke writers. They're funny as hell. There are some guys on Twitter and social media who are as funny as you can. You can't even imagine how funny they are, like, you know, like that. But they may not necessarily be necessarily be great personalities on stage. That's what I was trying to say earlier. It's a persona people buy when they come and watch you. They come and watch you for what they see, right? It's not that just you are, you may be a great content writer, but you may not be as good in your delivery. It's like cricket, okay? Somebody's a great batsman, somebody's an all-rounder, somebody's a good baller, but you know, so one has to, it takes a while to understand and realize that. So I know some comics who have moved from comedy. Uh, they did well, but they've become content writers and they have been writing for people in Mumbai and other places. And they're doing very well as content writers. So one has to find his or her niche ASAP instead of wasting a lot of time. Then comes the point is I've had people asking me, sir, when will I start making money from it? I said, when you start selling tickets. <laughs> yeah, simple. How will I sell tickets? I said, when you have a video on YouTube, which goes viral and people follow you and you have your social media presence. I mean, you know, it takes, it's, it's effort. It's not, it looks like the other day there was somebody who said, Are, tumhare to mauj hai, majhe hai, you know, and tum to stage pe jate ho, ek ghanta joke bol dete ho. I said, do you really know how much effort goes behind that one hour and people, you know, 50 people, even if 50 people buy tickets for me and come on, watch me, why you look at the inspiration and the, you know, whatever it is for them to come and watch me. I must have done something worthwhile for them to come, right? So then the, like I said, next question is people say, when do we start making money? I, as a, as also as a trainer and a, you know, as a TEDx speaker, I always tell them that if you want to run after money, uh, I said, run after comedy as a profession, make it your passion, money will follow you. Simple as that. You do well, people will forgive you opportunities. You do better, you will get shows. You keep doing better, you will get name, fame, money, whatever you're looking for. But it's again, the idea is as to what is it that you're looking for? What's your aim? What's your purpose of doing comedy? And why you want to be in this line? India stand-up comedy will grow. It's anyway growing big time. 10 years, 20 years, it's going to go places. But then the other thing which I also tell people is that if you're not able to, you know, do enough in comedy, think about opportunities, other avenues also, because it's an entertainment industry for me. So I've done a couple of ads. I've done a couple of web series, chuta chuta roles. I'm very happy with that because it gives me an exposure. I keep getting a lot of calls for home auditions, which I send, but someday I'll get a role also. It's okay. You know, so it, one has to keep doing and trying to, it's like, I tell people, it's like, if you set up a chai ka stall, there's no harm in putting samosa next to it because, you know, people are going to come and buy and look at something and buy that's impulse buying. 
So if you say, oh, I'm only a stand-up comic, I will not do anything else, then you are restricting yourself. Then you have to be so good that people come to you only for that. But if you realize that you may not be doing so well as stand-up comedy, then you should also, you know, you could look at being a good MC if you speak well. You could you could look at, you know, like I said, modeling, web series, content writing, storytelling, blah, 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 whatever. But then one has to find what they really, the purpose behind the whole thing. Can, can anybody be a comic, do you think? Can you train to become a comic? No, I don't think you can. I personally feel you have to have it from inside. It's a funny bone. I mean, it's missing. If it's not there, it's not there. I mean, I look at it, I think that way. Because, and then the ability to laugh at yourself. I mean, if you can't laugh at yourself, then I've seen a lot of guys come and say, sir, boy, same story. So, Got it. And I, I just want to end with a few quick fire questions. Um, so other than that, and you can take a second to think about this. What is the weirdest or most unique thing about you? I mean, in terms of, a, you know, there are multiple things, personal life, professional life, you know, there's so many things to it. <laughs> <laughs> So there are so, yeah, weird things. Yeah, no, I, I personally, I'm a very, uh, you know, I, mm, so if I meet people and most, and, and, and statistically, there are a lot of people in the world who do that. When I meet people on, let's say I've gone on a date or otherwise, uh, I first thing I look at the footwear. (laughs) Why? Because that reflects the personality of the person sitting next to you. If Mm. you have a guy who's sitting with like absolutely filthy shoes, not polished, you know that it, that's how you can Google it later on. You know, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it comes from the sales perspective, marketing thing and the overall, like I said, persona when you buy. So yeah, even you meet somebody who's like, nice. Got it. And, and yeah, I want to ask, uh, do you, do you have any books or resources or documentaries that you've seen that have helped you? I know you don't consume too much content, but have helped you on your journey. I don't read much also. I mean, I had a tough time, you know, I, I think towards the end of my first year when somebody said, yeah, we get seven books from the library for our engineering, then I went and got them. Like, so I have not, I barely read my engineering books also. So I'm not one of those avid readers. You'll never find me with a book at the airport and buying a book and novel and then reading it. No ways. I'm not one of those, but yeah, I have so certain different things, you know, kind of you, I, you know, I've done like I've done art of living course, I've done past life regression, I've done transcendental meditation, I've read secrets, I've, uh, you know, I've read books like so the first book, which that I didn't read it, but the the most impactful line, which I ever saw when I was in 12th or 11th, one of my cousins was doing an MBA and uske ghar mein tha, which is the book called in search of excellence. And I think that line stayed embedded in my you know head it stays there so i look at it this way that whatever you do um, like when i'm in the i was in the navy also i i look at it this way that you should try to excel in whatever you're doing as and that's where passion comes into play that you know the passion to excel in it you know where you'll go there is there are many times you you know it like there is that two or three percent luck factor which gonna which is gonna take you further you could put in as much hard work but if you have don't have the luck factor with you then yeah go as far as but Try to excel in whatever you do. Got it. And and the the last thing I want to ask is, you know, you've had several videos go viral, right? Several videos with millions of views, lots of TEDx talks with a lot of views. Did you find any commonality or any specific patterns in those videos or pieces of content that helped it go viral for yourself? Or is it just really just the luck of the algorithm? No, so now when I look at the younger comics doing well, I don't think I was viral at all. <laughs> two million is nothing. People do two million in a day now. <laughs> People have got 40 million views and I'm like, God, I will never get there. No ways, I'm not getting there. So I know that's a realization, it's okay. No, but I, I so I think uh, when I look at the videos, you know how the videos are, you shoot one hour and then you pull out a few minutes and put it out. I look at it this way that I have realized when I look at those videos is the what people have also told me is that a um, they found me um, you know my um, you know ability to talk to people on stage whether it's roasting or whatever it is they found that your interaction is very very strong and I think yes that is I can interact like as long as one requires um, just one more thing which I want to add here because it's, 
I have also done, you know, I feel happy to say this because I want to share this specifically. I've done something called as Naughty Tales on my YouTube channel, okay? I put stories from my college, from Navy, SSP and all that. So there was one particular video which I put out some time back called Hello Asif. This was a video, uh, you know, I just felt like doing a friend of mine in the Navy 20 years back, passed away from cancer and my experience with him. So I feel so happy today in the sense that yesterday after a month, two, three months, I know when I put it, suddenly I got a mail and a message from his sister. And she said, we saw this video and then his nephews, niece, his brother, and that the whole family has seen the video and they felt, you know, like they felt very overwhelmed, overwhelmed with the whole thing. And, and for me, that was a huge thing, you know, because, and that his wife and daughters have seen the video and they were like very, very moved with that. I think mission accomplished. Wow. So, yeah, I think, so, yeah, I mean, you know, this is more on a serious thing, but but I also feel very happy when people write to me uh, that they have seen my stand-up and TEDx and that they were going through a very bad patch in life because I lost my dad very early at 17. I mentioned in my Jewish talks also. And they thought that, they said, they say that we thought that, you know, life has come to a standstill or it's over. And then they saw my videos and it inspired them to, I think, I think that is my real uh, validation of work. Even if you're able to move one person, I think it's done. Wow. Wow. That, that's, that's, that's very powerful. And I think uh, that, that's a great place to wrap up. The last thing is, if people want to find out more about you and your upcoming shows or your online presence, where can they find you? Um, uh, yeah, anywhere, any of the social media, Facebook, Insta, my Naughty Commander, that's my social media handle. So I post everything on LinkedIn, wherever they want to, they can just find me anywhere. No worries. Awesome. Done. I'll put the links in the show notes below. It. I definitely recommend you go check him out. Manish, thank you so much for joining you. me today. I learned so much from it. Thank you for having me over and God bless. And we'll hopefully see you in Bangalore, right? Definitely. And thanks again for everybody watching and listening. See you guys in the next one.